Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 67 of the Tick Bootcamp podcast. The title of today's interview is They Were Sick of Me Being Sick, an interview with Rayanne Dooley. My name is Richard Johannesson. And I'm Matt Sabatello. Today's podcast guest is Rayanne Dooley. Rayanne Dooley is a 21-year-old woman from Ireland. In September of 2018, she began experiencing cold and flu-like symptoms and was throwing up all the time. She saw multiple doctors, and her primary care physician dismissed her symptoms as being related to her anxiety. Rayanne Dooley's family also dismissed her symptoms, believing she was too young to be extremely sick. At that time, she struggled to stay in school, where she was studying psychology and philosophy. Everything came crashing down after she had a procedure to remove an impacted wisdom tooth, which left her paralyzed. With the support of her partner, Rayanne Dooley went to multiple doctor's appointments, but only received misdiagnosis. She joined a Facebook group for one of those misdiagnoses, fibromyalgia, where she posted about her symptoms. A woman commented on her post and asked her if she had ever been tested for Lyme disease. They chatted privately, and soon Rayanne Dooley was sending her blood abroad to be tested for Lyme disease. She received a positive diagnosis. Now, Rayanne Dooley is driven to give back and help others, just like the woman in the Facebook group helped her. She wanted Limeys, especially those with frayed family ties, to know they are not alone. Hey, Rayanne Dooley, and welcome to our program. Hi, thank you for inviting me. We're really blessed to have you, Rayanne. And can you please uh, share with us and our listeners where you're from? I'm from Ireland, originally. <laughs> Where are you living now? I'm living in the UK now. What do you do for a living? I'm not working at the minute at all. <laughs> and are you unable to work because you're not feeling well? Yes, yeah, definitely. Can you tell us about what your life was like before you began to show symptoms of your tick disease? Before Lyme, it was very different. I had more of a life, a friendship circle. Um, I did more things with my family, with my partner. I went out more. I saw more things. I traveled. I was hoping to get into work. I was studying psychology and philosophy at the time. Yeah, it, like, it was completely different than it is now. And when did you begin to show the symptoms of your tick disease? I started to show symptoms around September of last year, but I didn't realize that I was actually sick. I felt nauseous and I was getting sick quite a lot, but I didn't put it down to an actual illness. But if I was to say for my actual Lyme, it would have been April of this year only. Just let's walk back to when you first started showing your symptoms. How did yeah. they present? What did they look like and how is it physically impacting you? At first, I felt nauseous all the time, kind of cold and flu type symptoms constantly all last year in 2018 from September to November December I think I was sick constantly every week I was throwing up all the time I thought there was something wrong with me <laughs> but I went to my doctors there was nothing wrong I was like okay I'm obviously just a nauseous person it could be my anxiety which I've always had I just never felt okay I started to feel dizzy I started to feel just out of it in my own head. I never felt like I was right here in the moment for a very long time, for months and months and months. So Ryan, how did these developing symptoms affect you first with your education? Was it impacting your ability to pursue your educational pursuits? Definitely. I wasn't able to study. I wasn't able to concentrate. I felt so sick all the time. I wasn't able to put my full energy into absolutely anything. <laughs> it was awful. How are, how are your symptoms, your developing symptoms, impacting your relationships with your, with your family? 
with my family over time I think they kind of got sick of listening to me feeling sick or saying that I felt sick they kind of thought I can't be sick I'm only 21 you know I, I can't feel unwell all of the time I can't be this unwell there was quite a few not arguments but definitely confrontations between my family of yes I am sick and them saying no you're not you're not that sick it's not that bad I think it's kind of gotten better now because they realize more but over the last few months it's been quite a journey with them how are you feeling about yourself when you had family members doubting whether you were really sick oh terrible i felt so bad i felt i just wanted them to believe me i knew there was something wrong i felt like i had to meet like i needed to convince people that there was something wrong with me when i shouldn't have had to do that i wanted them to be there for me and believe me that i was really this unwell they they just kind of put it off and said go you know go for walks get some fresh air go out do some things don't think about it it's your anxiety like it's always been that way now when your doctors were suggesting to you that there was nothing wrong with you yeah did that negatively impact your ability to persuade your family that there was in fact something wrong with you Oh, definitely as well. Yeah, they would always be on the side of the doctors. You know, if it's not obviously a doctor would know more than me, so they took kind of the doctor's side and believed. Oh, you know, this is fibromyalgia, which is what I was misdiagnosed with. And you know, you just you really do just have to go on walks and get some exercise, and you'll be fine. Were you involved in a romantic relationship when your tick disease symptoms began to develop? Yes, I was. And could you share with us the nature of your romantic relationship? I've been in a relationship now with my partner for three years. So she was here long before the Lyme, and I think she'll be here long after. She is the one person who has truly been there for me and helped me out throughout the whole process. She's driven me everywhere. She's been there for everything. She's taken me to all my appointments. You know, she's, she's helped with absolutely everything. What, what is your partner's name? Kaylin. And how has your developing tick disease symptoms affected Kaylin and your relationship with her? She's sad for me. She, she wants to see me get better. Obviously, she wants me to get out there and, you know, do what I want to do in life. She, she's heartbroken by what I've had to go through. And I can understand why I'd be the exact same. And I honestly think that our relationship has gotten stronger, though, through all of this. Do you feel that your tick disease symptoms and the challenges that have been presented by your Lyme disease have made it so that you're not capable of being the partner that Kaylin deserves? Yeah, 100%. I wish I could go out with her. I wish I could do things. Sometimes, some days I can't even like go and get the groceries you know, for our, ourselves. I can't walk into town and do things independently. I'm relying on her at this moment in my life. and. It's depressing to me, and I can obviously see why it would hurt her. She obviously doesn't mind it, and she would do anything for me, but I don't want to be that type of burden onto her. And do you feel like you're a burden to your friends and your family and to Kaylin? Yes, I have. I have felt like I've been a burden, yeah. At any time during the course of your Lyme disease journey, did you ever doubt whether you were physically sick? No, not once. <laughs> Not once, I believed it wholeheartedly that I was sick. There was something that was not, not figured out yet. 
Rayanne, can you walk us through the evolution of your symptoms beyond when they first yeah. started? Yeah, well, I mentioned already about being nauseous and sick constantly. My first real kind of scare was, I think, the 22nd of December of last year. I had to ring an ambulance for the first time in my life. I felt like I couldn't breathe. It was air hunger and just pure anxiety. My heart was thumping, I, like everything was going numb. I thought I was having a heart attack, honestly. I had to ring an ambulance. My family, my mother especially, kind of thought I was being a bit dramatic. But to me, it was the worst I'd ever felt in my life. So I rang the ambulance. They came, they checked me out. I was brought to hospital, got all my tests done. Everything was perfect, as it always was. They found a slight infection. They didn't know where. They didn't know what it was from anything, like from bloods, from a urine sample, anything. They did not know. So they gave me five days worth of amoxicillin for an unknown infection in my body and sent me on my way that night even though I still felt the same I still felt like I couldn't breathe I still felt like I was nauseous I was sick I was out of it I was dizzy it was just horrible and the breathlessness stayed for maybe two months two and a half months maybe but slowly over that time I was experiencing more symptoms so I was getting like weakness in my legs my knees were buckling I was getting pins and needles everywhere in my feet, in my hands, my arms. I was really panicking at this stage and I really thought there was something wrong with me. I went back to the to A&E and was told the exact same thing. They did all the tests again and was told it was my anxiety. It's always been my anxiety. It's always been in my head that there's something wrong with me, even though my walking ability was getting worse. I was getting weaker and weaker and weaker and I had no idea why. Brian, after you had the five days of amoxicillin, did you feel any different at all? No, not at all. I didn't even know I had an infection. I didn't think I had one. I thought maybe like tonsillitis or some common infection that I would regularly get every winter. A cold even. I, I didn't know what was going on. The five days of moxicillin did absolutely nothing for me in this situation. Usually it would have for things like tonsillitis, but this was not that. And after the ER visit, you went back to your primary care doctor who just said basically, this is your anxiety and dismiss yeah. all of your physical symptoms to a mental health related issue. Yeah, and so did the doctors in the ER. They gave me two painkillers and said, that's it's your anxiety, there you go. Did you decide to follow up with any other doctors after that? How, how did you proceed medically speaking after your, your primary care doctor dismissed you as being an anxious person? No, I didn't, like I kind of gave up for a little bit after that because my symptoms weren't serious they weren't like they were bad but they weren't serious as they had gotten in April so I left Annie and this was March I think close to the end of March and I had a wisdom tooth removal in April which set absolutely everything off. Rayan, when you talk about the ENE for us Americans I'm not really sure that is that the equivalent of like your regular primary doctor the ENE? No the, the ER. <laughs> A&E, so it's um, accident and emergency. <laughs> accident and emergency, which is equivalent yeah. to our emergency room. Yes, it is, yeah. So now you mentioned you went to get some dental work done, and then yeah. at that point your symptoms really took off. So can you walk us through what the dental procedure was and how your symptoms worsened from there? Yeah, I just needed a wisdom tooth removal. I had an impacted wisdom tooth, and it needed to be gotten rid of. And I had an appointment for the first week of April, and everything was going smoothly, everything was fine. I went in, I got my tooth removed, 
was still fine. Um, I wasn't asleep for it or anything like that, just natural, like, anesthetic. I came out of it, still felt fine. And I was going back to Liverpool three days later because my partner studies here in Liverpool and that's why I'm here. So when I went back, I think it was three days. It only lasted that it was okay. And within three days, I woke up and I couldn't walk at all. So at that point, now you're, you're no longer in Ireland. You're over yeah. in, in England with your partner. And three days later, after this dental procedure, you realize you can't walk and you're paralyzed. What do you do? I, yeah, I'm basically paralyzed. I felt like there was ants kind of burning my feet, my legs. My legs were in such pain all the time. I couldn't even touch them. If I was to shower, it was like blades just against my legs. It was horrible. I could stand and I could walk maybe a few steps, but that was it. Like in bed, I felt paralyzed. I felt like I couldn't move my body. I was afraid every time I tried to stand up that I wouldn't actually be able to. And a couple of times I did collapse like onto myself. And what were your next steps? Now here you are in this really scary state of barely being able to walk, being in excruciating pain. Did you follow up with the doctor in England rather than go home to Ireland and, and follow up with your regular doctors? No, I actually did go home to Ireland. I went home because I felt kind of, you know, this is it. I told you guys that this was going to happen or like I knew something was going to happen and this is now proof. So when I went back home, I booked an appointment with my GP, so my regular doctor that I've had for my whole life. And I went to my appointment. He instantly diagnosed me with fibromyalgia with the first session. And I instantly again thought no this this is not it he did bloods he did absolutely everything and everything was perfect he found nothing wrong with me and booked me in for a neurologist appointment that's in two years time <laughs> ray why did you feel called to go back home to ireland to show your family that you were in fact sick when your symptoms had developed at this point because i just knew i knew that this was coming i knew that i needed to show proof that I couldn't walk, my coordination was off, I was like staggering as I would walk. I was banging into things, I couldn't stand for more than a minute at tops and I would be so tired, I'd have to sit down. I couldn't go to doctors in England because I'm not an English citizen, so I wouldn't be able to get a general doctor here, so I would have had to go home anyways to see a doctor, otherwise I would have just had to go to A&E here. How did your family members respond to the development of your symptoms when you had gone home? They said, oh, fibromyalgia. Yeah, that's common. That's fine. You know, we can, this is fine. <laughs> uh, we had a little laugh. I had a little cry. I was looking up things about fibromyalgia for maybe a day when I might have believed that it was, or it could have been fibromyalgia, but after 24 hours, I went, no, this, this isn't it. <laughs> Did you feel that your family finally accepted that you had a real physical illness after you received the diagnosis of fibromyalgia? They did believe I had a physical illness then, yes. But at the same time, they didn't view fibromyalgia as being a serious illness. They just viewed it as someone who is in pain or extra tired or you know, brain fog, that kind of thing. They never, they didn't know much about it. Neither did I. 
but they knew it was common, especially in Ireland. It, there seems to be a large number of people with fibromyalgia. So did you feel vindicated when you went home and you got this diagnosis or did you feel worse that you didn't really have a diagnosis? Your family really didn't understand how sick you were and the, the diagnosis of fibromyalgia just sort of made things worse than they were before. At first I did appreciate the diagnosis because then I could have been recognized by people, by doctors, by my family, by my friends, by my partner, that there was something going on. But as soon as I realized that, no, fibromyalgia is not this neurological. It's not, it's not like this. It cannot be like this. I went online searching and looking for answers more and more. And the more I would have said stuff or mentioned like other possibilities, which Lyme was never one of the possibilities that I mentioned. They were, they always told me to just, you know, shush, don't talk about it anymore. I don't want to hear about it anymore. I don't, I don't care anymore type thing. They just, they were sick of it. They were sick of me being sick. And so was I, of course, but there was nothing I could have done. But despite all of the doubt that you had around you from family and friends, you never doubted in yourself. You never doubted that you were physically sick. No, not once. And, and I think that's wonderful. And, and you really deserve a lot of credit for never doubting in yourself because so many of the people that we've interviewed in the past have allowed self-doubt to begin to creep into, in, into their experience. And, and as a consequence of that, they had an even more challenging journey. So I want to let you know that I admire you for having that type of strength. So Thank you. let's look forward to how you began to come up with your diagnostic plan. How did things progress from going home to Ireland and the diagnosis of fibromyalgia and now you coming to the conclusion that that's wrong, I'm sick, and this isn't it? I was in a Fibromyalgia Ireland Facebook group and I had posted about neurological issues, I think several times. Nobody seemed to have the same issues as I did, especially even older people. It was more pain and brain fog, yes, banging into things, but not as severe as myself. So I, I posted into the group and this lovely woman actually responded to me and she had mentioned Lyme disease. Have I ever, have I ever heard of it? Have I ever gotten tested for it? You know, have I ever been bitten by a tick? I said, no, no, I haven't been bitten by anything, no. And I kind of pushed it off. I did speak to her about it privately then. And she told me absolutely everything there is to know about Lyme, or so I thought. <laughs> and she informed me that, you know, there's 80 plus co-infections. There's this, there's that. I live in Ireland. She lives in Ireland. She's traveled all over the world. And she actually got bitten in 2000 in America. She was doing a summer camp over there and came home to Irish doctors and didn't believe her. So it's the same type of situation. So she put me on to Armin Labs in Germany. She told me all about it. She told me how to get it done, how to send off my bloods. And I did, I sent everything off, but it was a great hassle because my doctors didn't want me to send my bloods away. They were not gonna allow me to do it because they won't, they won't believe in any testing abroad whatsoever. Rayanne, so you mentioned earlier that it would take you two years to get into a see a neurologist. Is that common in Ireland to have a wait that long for a specialist? Oh, definitely, yeah. That's, I think that's quick even for me. Usually it could be three or four years sometimes, depending on the person and the symptoms. And did this person from the support group inspire you today to now pay it forward? It seems like that's what you're doing here on the podcast today and with all your outreach. You're paying it forward based on what she did for you to help you get to your diagnosis. Absolutely. Yeah. She has done so much for me. She has done documentaries within Ireland that have been banned. They have been taken off TV. They 
they've just been completely ignored. She does TikTok, which is um, an Irish organization for Lyme disease, but it's not like it, it's getting no pay from Ireland whatsoever. We're not recognizing Lyme as an issue at all. We completely ignore it. We say that it's only in the certain parts of the country, which is usually in the West, that have the most woodland. But it's it's just completely not. Like my doctor told me that there's no there's no lime in Leash, which is where I'm from, which is in the middle of Ireland. There's no lime here. We don't have lime here. It's, it's it's not even in Ireland half the time. If people get bitten, you get on antibiotics for a week and you're you're sorted. You're fine. And, and that's it. That's the end of the story. And that he's gotten bitten. Everyone's gotten bitten by ticks. You pull them off and they're fine. Like. It's not a serious issue here whatsoever, but yet so many people are having to travel abroad and spend thousands and thousands to just get treatment or get even results of what, what's going on. And if you even bring the results to our doctors, they laugh. Like my doctor actually laughed in my face. I had to bring my partner into my doctors with me because I was so nervous. And he just laughed at me and said, this is a fad. This is, this is the new trend. People are coming in saying they have Lyme disease. And it's, it's completely ridiculous. It took me so off guard, but I was warned by the woman who had told me all about it, that this is a possibility, that this might happen. And it did. He just, he laughed at me. My lifelong doctor laughed at the results of the Lyme and he tried to find something that was wrong because he'd recently done blood tests on myself. And he was trying to add up, like, was everything, was his results the same? And they all were, except for obviously he didn't do a Lyme disease test. And he was like, well, it's, it's all, you know, it's all wrong anyway. It's not real. It's not, it's fake. It's not authorized. And just kind of pushed it away. And I haven't seen him since. Rand, how did it make you feel when your doctor was discounting how you felt, discounting your belief that you had Lyme disease and ultimately laughing at you? Horrible. He was my lifelong doctor who had seen me maybe once a year, every year for tonsillitis or a cold or a flu or something like that. He's my family doctor. He knows my whole family. He's been there for a very long time. And for him to just kind of laugh, laugh in my face at something and call it a trend. Like he's obviously seen other people come in with the same symptoms or have gone to Ironman Labs because since finding out that like Lyme is so common in Ireland, especially it's, it's a huge, huge number of people that have Lyme. It, it's obviously common that people are bringing in these tests from abroad and doctors are just ignoring it completely from everyone, from every county, from every part of Ireland. Why do you believe the Irish doctors are discounting the Lyme disease epidemic that seems to be taking root in Ireland? I was told by him because the Centre of Disease Control in Ireland, or I think you called it the CDC? Yes. Yes, so basically our version of, of that has not recognised it. And until they recognise it, they're legally not allowed to treat, to help, or to believe that chronic Lyme disease exists and that it's not just more than a bite and a rash and five days on antibiotics or a week at the most and you're, you're done, you're fine. Ryan, what did you know about ticks and tick diseases prior to your diagnosis? Absolutely nothing. I knew nothing about tick diseases. Did you ever come in contact with a tick, either on an animal or on yourself, that, that you had to remove? No, I remember seeing one on a cat we had down in my granny's house. A massive, massive tick, but I, I didn't do anything to it. I just left it and just thought my uncle or my granddad or something would, would take care of that. 
but I never saw a tick on myself. I never saw a tick on anybody or even around me. I never even had a rash. So to me, still to this day, I, I was, wasn't bitten in my head because I never saw one. And I was living in a city in Liverpool. And because of my anxiety, I wasn't going out that much. I was never around greenery or nature or anything like that and I was only out at night but it doesn't matter because it can still happen and it did I I never had a rash I never saw a tick and I still have it did you ever learn anything about ticks either from the news media or from any of the courses you've taken in your educational journey no none not in school not in anything and I think it should be taught in our school especially because we live in Ireland and it's such a nature filled country you know, everyone farms, there's so much farming, there's so much nature and animals, and it needs to be taught about, definitely. Brian, how did you overcome the doubt of your doctor to actually agree to give you this test through Armin Labs? Because you needed his sign-off to get this lab work done, correct? Correct, but he was actually away on holiday for two weeks when I had ordered the tests, thankfully, and a doctor, another doctor in the practice who owns the practice, signed off on it but it was because I knew the receptionist people and they were really nice and they tried to convince the doctor to let me just get the bloods and I paid for them privately and um, they agreed just because of that but if he had been in I would have not got it and I would have had to go somewhere else. One of the things many of us struggle with is the anxiety of going to a doctor because every time you go you don't know what to expect what's going to happen what advice or tips would you give our listeners about going to the doctor to help reduce this doctor-induced anxiety? Oh, I, I still have doctor-induced anxiety. I think it's to stay calm and speak your truth, speak your word in your mind, how you're exactly feeling. And it doesn't matter what they say, you are allowed to speak. They're there to help you. And if they're not going to help you, then they're not doing it for the right purposes. You need to tell them how you're feeling and what's happening in your body. And they're the only people you really can expect help from at this time. And hopefully you'll find a nice one and they genuinely will care and will help you. And they are out there as well. They're, they're not all bad, but just unluckily enough, I got a bad one. So here you are with a positive Lyme test in hand from Armin Labs, one of the best labs in the world for Lyme testing. Your doctors yes. in Ireland are not accepting that it's positive and saying it's not real. What do you do next? Because you're sort of at a dead end. You have this wall. What do you do? Because the woman I was speaking to put me on to Armin Labs, I was still speaking to her almost every single day. She had healed naturally with a company, I think, in America, the Cowden Protocol or Nutramedics, I think it's called. She had healed naturally through that. And I just took it upon myself that I was going to heal naturally also, that they're not giving me antibiotics. I don't want antibiotics and I can do this naturally, 100%. And what was it like being on your own for the most part, just, you know, aside from the support groups and the other people who are, are advising you, was it scary taking all these, these herbs? How did you feel? Did you feel a little bit worse before you got better? Can you talk more about what your, your thought process was like and how you felt physically? I felt scared I felt very scared because herbs were a new thing to me I'd never taken anything like it before I was worried because I'd only heard of Nutramedics the Cowden protocol and I couldn't afford it I wasn't working and I could not afford that specific protocol I was searching online for so long looking for other resources and 
other people who have healed herbally and looking for companies who sold you know the her- the right herbs and the right amounts because I just felt like I couldn't concentrate enough to buy everything separately myself and even at that it was just far too expensive for me so I I think I joined a UK Lyme disease Facebook group and I met a few people and they were talking to me about their herbal journey and their natural journey and I don't I don't think anybody actually told me about the one I'm on now which is nature's wisdom it's it's called I found it myself by just simply searching through online hours and hours every single night and I came across it and I decided to go with it I liked the company I thought they were very nice I had spoken to them through emails and I said yeah okay let's do this I'm gonna do this and they're gonna cater it to me to my symptoms and to what I need and what I'm going through right now and how do you take this herbal protocol is it through pills with the powder form is it through a tincture well it's many different things so at first I have two powders I have an adrenal powder which I take twice daily I just put the powder straight into my mouth and then just drink some water then I take a lime co powder it's called which has all pre-probiotics and just kind of everything you need for phase one which is what I'm on I'd like to say because phase one is kind of preparing the body before it loads all the herbs onto you and I'm actually starting phase two next week it's been 12 weeks so every phase lasts for 12 weeks so after I take the two powders then I take some probiotics I take some herring oil capsules I believe I have a vitamin d a vitamin c and they have homeopathic pills for me then as well and what was it like the first time you started taking this herbal protocol did you feel sick were you nauseous did you feel better did you feel the same I think I felt nauseous because it was so strange just eating powder (laughs) at first. It took me a while to get used to it, the taste. Um, I didn't see any kind of ups or downs. Like there was no side effects whatsoever Um, when I first started taking it. There there still never was side effects to this, to this protocol specifically. But I only saw ups kind of after maybe three weeks, three, four weeks, I started to see, oh, my energy is increasing. Oh, I can walk better. Oh my God, I'm not banging into everything, you know. I can shower and not need to lay down for an hour afterwards. So you really never had any negative side effects. And in the beginning, you felt maybe a little nauseous and nothing negative. But a few weeks later, you started to see some real positive results. Yeah, definitely. One of the things I've recently learned about taking these herbal protocols, especially when you're taking the the dry powder form, is if you drink it with something like a coconut milk, it helps coat it. And in your stomach, it helps better absorb the herbs. Have you tried anything like that while taking the herbs? I haven't tried anything like that, but they actually do advise stuff like that. But I, I think I'm too, too scared. But above and beyond this, this herbal protocol that you're on, you are doing some other things as well to repair your health. Can you talk about those? Yeah. Through the woman I met in the Facebook group, because she does so much for Limeys in Ireland, she had spoken to and met with and organized you know, events and stuff with one of the best bioresonance Can you describe for our listeners what bioresonance is? Bioresonance is reading the frequencies of the body through sound, I believe, to see exactly what's going on with every single organ and your brain and your diet and just everything. It reads absolutely everything. In addition to being a diagnostic tool, can it also be used as a potential therapeutic tool to help you heal? 
Oh, definitely. I remember sitting down, I could barely see, I could barely speak. I was so anxious. I was so tired because I had to walk up like three or four flights of stairs. I sat down, I was sweating. I was so nervous. And the practitioner was so nice to me. She told me everything what's going to happen. She said, we're just going to have a little chat. You're going to put on the headphones and we're just going to relax. We're just going to have a little chat about, you know, what's been going on? What are, your de- what are you dealing with? What's happening in your body for the last few months? And I was like, yeah, this is, this is great. I, I calmed down a lot. She also practiced kinesiology on me, which is muscle testing, which I found so fascinating. And that's why I've started to study it. But she put on the headphones and she was looking at her computer and she was able to tell me, yeah, the Lyme is here. You have Epstein-Barr here. You have this here. And she went through all, if I had any co-infections, which thankfully I didn't. And she was able to tell me, you know, your liver is working at only 35%. Your kidneys are only working at 55% and helped me with that. And also she gives you the Cowden protocol herbs if you desire. She can give you other herbs. She can give you other protocols and she can give you homeopathic therapy. But I remember when I left there for the first time, I stood up from the chair and I was like, what the, what's going on? I can walk. I feel normal. I feel amazing. Like I couldn't even cry with happy tears because I was just so euphoric. I had never felt that good in all my life. Like even before Lyme, I had never felt this good in my life. It's something about the brain and like she's able to kind of tune the frequencies of the body to put it back into healing mode. So I could feel it in my stomach as she was moving the frequencies on the computer. I could feel every little click on the computer she was making. And I know it sounds so crazy, but I really could. Is there a connection between Nature's Wisdom, the, the company you're using for your herbal protocols, and this bioresonance company that you're working with? Not this one, no. This was the one I went to personally. So I actually went to Belfast in Ireland and went into the clinic. The Nature's Wisdom also does bioresonance, which is an amazing clinic in the UK. And I sent my spit sample to them to analyze it. So I got a sheet back of kind of results and percentages and everything. Instead, you don't get that with the in-clinic version. You just get told it. And it's a so much better experience personally. But if you want kind of more just figures and what's going on and what way this is working, I think sending spit samples or hair samples, I think they can even go on, is, is the best. So you're really working with two different bioresonance companies, one in Ireland and another one in England. And you sent one out your saliva sample for some bioresonance testing and the other one you're actually visiting in person to get yes. some therapies with. Yes. And using nature's wisdom, what is that protocol like? Right now you mentioned you're on phase one. So it yes. sounds like it's a changing process. So what herbs do they add in and what is that like long term as far as the changing process of taking this herbal protocol? In phase one, I think it's kind of the same for everybody. It's pre-probiotics. It's preparing the body to detox and to get out this bacteria, to get out this lime. In the other phases, they cater it to you. So they'd want you to send the spit sample because they want to see what they're dealing with. And then they will cater it specifically to you and what you need. And they will add the homeopathic medicine then to whatever you need for your current situation. So every 12 weeks, you end a phase and it goes on for however long you need it. They will cater for you and they'll send you everything in a box and you take it for the 12 weeks. They give you a journal to keep track. 
they give you castor oil and they give you Epsom salts and Epsom salt spray and they give you absolutely everything you could need. So I want to back up a second to the muscle testing. So from, from what I understand, muscle testing is an analysis of the various muscles, different parts of your body, your arms, your legs, to see what parts of your body are weakest. And then they use that to determine what illnesses you may have. Is that, is that an accurate summary of how that works with the muscle testing? I think so, yeah. They, they're asking you, your subconscious and your body, what your body wants rather than what your mind wants or your heart wants. So for me, they were asking me the first time, you know, do, do I have Lyme? You know, is, is it affecting my life? Do I love myself? Do I, they were asking absolutely everything. And it was all coming back weak. She would touch parts of my brain that would control my anxiety, the happiness hormone, the just absolutely everything. And it was coming back weak and weak and weak for absolutely everything. They even did it on my partner and hers was much stronger than mine. The second time I went, they tested me again and I was much stronger. It was, it was insane. They told me that my Lyme had actually been cleared the second time I'd been there and the Lyme bacteria was no longer affecting me. So in addition to the muscle testing to identify where you are physically, you mentioned where you'd wear these headphones and they'd actually provide this treatment for you. So what was that like from your standpoint? You have these headphones on, they're doing this sort of frequency type treatment. I mean, it seemed a bit crazy just having headphones on and being able to feel stuff going on in your body. But she was telling me what exactly she was doing. And I don't know if it was subconsciously or my mind playing tricks on me, but I could honestly feel when she was saying, okay, I'm, I'm moving this frequency. And I could see her move the frequency down to where it should be and where it was off because she shows you everything. It was, you could see everything on the screen. So when she was moving it, I could feel it in my stomach. And she said, you have Epstein-Barr, and it's specifically in your spleen. And I could honestly feel it as she was clicking it. I could feel every little motion she was doing. And it made me feel a little bit nauseous. But she also explained that not many people do actually feel anything from it. And usually it's, 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 not, pain, it's not painful whatsoever. It's completely painless. But I did feel a bit nauseous and I don't know if that was subconsciously or not, but I, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was so just, it was so smart and so brilliant. And I think everyone should do it for like, whether Lyme or not, whether any sickness or not, it can really help you mentally, physically. I walked out of there, like I could run a marathon and I walked in, like I was crawling up the stairs nearly. So Ryan, now that you've taken this non-traditional approach to healing your Lyme disease, how is your family responding to you using an herbal protocol and a bioresonance protocol? I don't think they care too much for it. I think that they still believe or are on the side of go out and get some fresh air, do some exercise and you'll be fine. Because I've had to change my diet completely. I've had to change everything about my lifestyle completely, which they're all for obviously a healthier lifestyle. But they still don't really understand how this works. They're not, they're more a doctor will fix you, not this holistic or alternative therapy type thing. And how does it make you feel that your family is doubting the approach you're taking to healing your Lyme disease? I think they just want to see me better. If they were to see me have a full, full 100% turnaround recovery, they would be like, oh, that's brilliant. But they still wouldn't do it themselves or anything like that. I think it would take them to get sick to also do something like that. But I think I was in the same mindset before I was sick. Do you believe anyone else in your family is exhibiting the symptoms of a tick disease? 
I'm not sure. My granny has arthritis, which obviously could be from old age, but I know that arthritis can also be Lyme. And since she's lived outdoors and in the country for most of her life, she could also definitely have it. And my granddad's brother has MS, who's also, I think, in his late 60s now. And it's just getting very hard for him. So I would love to be able to speak to him about it and maybe see if like a few herbs in his diet or just a few little changes would make him in any way better. Because I also believed I had MS at first. I believed I had Guillain-Barre syndrome. I believed I had transverse mellitus. I was, I was just Googling absolutely everything in pure fear in the beginning, thinking I had all these things. But it was just Lyme. And I, I do believe that so many of us have Lyme in different stages and different symptoms. And obviously in older age, these can come out more um, if they've been laying dormant for so long. But I would love if they were on board, which I don't think they would be, to just try some herbs and just try some alternative things, other for your arthritis pills and other for your MS steroids, you know? Brian, so one of the things that many of our guests tell us is they seek alternative therapies to help alleviate some of their symptoms while they're on treatment. So is yeah. there anything that you've done to help your symptoms while getting this treatment? For example, maybe CBD oil to help with the pain and anxiety? Oh yeah, I've used CBD oil. I really enjoyed it. I, th- I just don't think it's within my budget to get some really good CBD oil at the minute. But when it was, I, I definitely did enjoy it, yeah. Probiotics, CBD oil was my first kind of go-to for pain and just kind of relief, relief symptoms, I believe. Have you ever tried medical marijuana to help alleviate your symptoms? Because many of our guests have said they've actually had better results with medical marijuana over CBD. That CBD has helped them, but the THC in the medical marijuana has actually helped them even more than the CBD oil. We don't have medical marijuana in Ireland. It's still against the law completely. So I wouldn't have been able to try it anyways, even if I wanted to. Do you believe other things like maybe yoga, deep breathing, and exercise like that would help calm down your anxiety and help some of the symptoms? No, definitely, yeah. Um, I've started yoga. I started meditation, deep breathing. I've done and actually finished mindfulness course as well recently. And everything's helped. Like I suffered a seizure about 12 weeks ago, my first ever in my life. It was absolutely terrifying. And I was told it was brought on by anxiety by the ambulance crew. And it was, it was heartbreaking to be told that. I never told my family, I don't think about it. I told my friends and I told my partner and my partner's family and everything. But I feel like I couldn't have told my family because they would have just said, what the hell? Why? Why did you do that? It's anxiety. And been on the side of the doctors and ambulance crew once again. Although you're at the early stages of this treatment and you're still in phase one, it sounds like you've made some significant progress. So how are you feeling today? Today I'm feeling a lot better than I did 12 weeks ago. I still have symptoms and I still have my anxiety and I still have issues throughout the day. But 12 weeks ago, I couldn't even stand in the shower for longer than five minutes. I'd have to sit down, I'd have to take a break, I'd have to just relax all the time I couldn't do anything but only even I think four weeks ago five weeks ago I was able to walk through the airport completely on my own I was able to do it I didn't have to sit down I I had more strength than I've had in a very long time and clearly something's working and I don't know if it's a combination of all the things I've done or just you know the herbal protocol or just a bioresonance but 
it's been yeah it's been getting really good I'm starting phase two I believe next week and I'm really excited for it Brilliant. during the course of this journey I'm sure you've changed can you share with our listeners how you have changed in a positive way since you've started your Lyme disease journey I've changed in a positive way because I see people and I see the world completely differently now. I want to help people how I was helped. I feel kinder towards people. I look at people differently because you don't know what people are going through. You don't know their hardships or what they're mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually going through. And I never really thought about that before. Not that I was rude or bad or anything, but... I just never thought in depth about anything. And the six months I've had now has made me stop and think because I've been housebound and I've been even bedbound at some days to just stop and think that there's so much more going on in the world and there's so much more important things. I have so much more love for my family, even if they don't completely agree with me. I, I love them so much and I miss them. I miss them now that I'm over here in the UK. I have two little sisters and they're my everything I was an only child until two years ago and I just I can't wait to see them I can't wait to see them grow up and I suffered such a great depression throughout my teenage years now all I want to do is live because of this illness and I never ever ever thought I would say that I I just want to live I want to live my life I want to experience so many things I want to make people happy healthy and I, I just want to help people now because of all of this. Now, Ray, I'd like to talk a little bit about how you've begun to reach out to other folks who are suffering from what you had been suffering from, and I guess on some level continue to suffer from. Can you share with us what inspired you to reach out through social media to folks who are going through the challenges you're going through? It inspired me because I was once looking for answers too. I mostly reach out to people in maybe Facebook groups or on Facebook or friends or uh, people I may know of online and it's because I want them to be healthy too. I've seen a lot of people now since being diagnosed that are like well I have fibromyalgia maybe maybe I have Lyme and I'm telling them to go get tested get properly tested not not here in Ireland whatsoever send your bloods away get the Ellie spot test get the CD57 plus test, get that done, see what your immune system is at. And, you know, we can go on from there. My mother's friend even has severe, severe fibromyalgia and she was going to get tested. I'm not sure if she did, but she suffers a great deal with brain fog. <laughs> brain, I have brain fog, so brain fog and anxiety and, you know, sore, just pain everywhere. So I wanted her to get tested and I... I want even some members of my family to get tested. And I think Caelan's aunt has also fibromyalgia very seriously. And now she's made an appointment to see the bioresonance practitioner up in Belfast. And you, you've also started a beautiful Instagram. Can you share with us what inspired the Instagram and what the goal is of your Instagram outreach? My Instagram, it's kind of just my simple life at the minute. I want to be able to share my story very very soon i just want to be 100 percent better so that i can share the right information to people that really need it i share my family my relationships my friends my pets my little sisters i share anything that i can and want to 
I was off it for a very long time when I was very ill and I'm excited to get back to it and finally talk about what I've been going through because I think a lot of people even like distant friends and stuff have been wondering where I've gone. <laughs> I understand that you've also changed your educational pursuits as a consequence of the transformation that you've gone through. Can you share with our listeners how you've changed your educational pursuits and what you're looking forward to when you complete your education? Yeah, before Lyme, I was studying psychology and philosophy, and now I'm studying to become a master herbalist. I'm studying kinesiology and I'm studying homeopathic medicine. I want to open up my own holistic alternative therapy practice. I want to be able to help people with herbs. I believe in them so much now seeing the benefits that I've had that I just want to be able to show other people that they truly can work and you don't need antibiotics for everything. Brian, we thank you so much for sharing all of these beautiful stories that you've shared with us and so much of your journey. But I have to ask you one more question as part of asking you to share your experience with our listeners. And that is, if God forbid tomorrow you woke up and you found a tick biting you on your leg, what would you do? What would I do? <laughs> my experience is quite different than other people's, but I would still go to my doctor. It's more believable if you've had it the day of the day before i never had one to my knowledge so i couldn't have gone i didn't have a rash but any symptoms any signs go to your doctor say i was bitten yesterday i was i i need these antibiotics now get on them early and you can prevent so many symptoms from happening but even before you get another tick bite or you get your first tick bite use tick repellent use it all the time no matter where you are indoors outdoors it doesn't matter they can come from anywhere living in a city i got it. so it's just proof that they're they're everywhere thank you for listening to the tick boot camp interview with rayanne dooley to our listeners we have a call to action first if you'd like to learn more about rayanne and her tick disease journey please visit her instagram at rayanne dooley second if you enjoyed this episode of the tick boot camp podcast please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post third we here at Tick Boot Camp have created a Tick Bite Blueprint, which has been inspired by the information that has been shared with us by past podcast guests. We urge you to visit our website at www.tickbootcamp.com to view the blueprint. We would appreciate it if you would contact us with any suggestions you have for improvements. Fourth, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify to get your automatic episode updates of our Tick Boot Camp podcast. And finally, we thank our listeners for their comments on our past podcast episodes. Please take a minute to leave us an honest review on iTunes, Instagram, or on our website. We make it a point to read every single one of the reviews we get. Thank you for listening.